Today is the memorial of Peter Claver. He is the patron saint. Um, well, I've been reading different places. And it says African Americans, and then it says all African people. But my impression is actually it would be people of African descent, especially in the Western Hemisphere. Um, he gave his life to ministering to slaves in uh, what is now the country of Colombia. Today we get into the meat of the letter to the Colossians. And um, Paul writes that through his suffering, a very interesting idea, through his suffering, that all people come to know the mystery of God. Now, of course, we're not sure if Paul actually wrote this letter or if it's somebody writing later, but somehow there's this idea that perhaps our sufferings can help people understand the gospel. So that's what we'll be talking about today. So we have two theories about the letter to the Colossians. The first is that it was written by St. Paul to the people in Colossae. It was a city that Paul even says in this letter he had never visited. But more scholars believe it's probably not the case, that it's actually something different, that this was written by someone later to Christians who weren't living in Colossae, because Colossae had been destroyed, and so it was intended for people in a wider area of circumstances. Paul's letters were written to very specific people for specific reasons. So either way, though, what we have here is this idea that Paul's sufferings help to reveal God's mystery. And as Paul would say in the first letter to the Corinthians, we can see this as foolishness or a stumbling block. How can suffering reveal God's mystery? Is it also true about our own sufferings? I think so. Some of the holiest people I know are those people who still trust and hope in God in the midst of suffering. A couple weeks ago in this very room, we buried our parishioner Eddie Hart. If you ever came to the Saturday Night Mass in the last year, you might have met him. He was in a wheelchair. He never got the hang of doing simple arithmetic, even though he lived to be age 74. Um, he had about the mental capacity of somebody in fifth grade, but he was always joyful. And I think a lot of people thought that it was because he couldn't understand things. No, that wasn't the case at all. He understood. And especially after his brother died, and as he was getting sicker from diabetes, when I'd see him, he'd say, well, I have things to worry about, but I'd rather concentrate on the good. I think of Dr. Ruth, who, as you probably are aware, is actually quite ill and has been for 20 years. And yet she speaks so much of the joy and enthusiasm of God. I think of Pope John Paul II in the last years of his life as such a witness to God, even as he struggled. I think today of the powerful witness of the Christians in Syria, that they are among the most vocal advocates for saying, please, United States, do not intervene militarily. They are the ones whose argument rings the strongest with me. Peter Claver saw the mystery of God in the sufferings of Africans being kidnapped 
and sold into slavery. The people of Angola and the Congo, or the leaders of the, of the tribes in those countries, were finding the mentally incapacitated, the ones that they wanted to get rid of. And they were also willing to sell the strongest out to the slave traders. And so even though Peter Claver was born in Spain, he spent his entire adult life in Colombia, arriving in the year 1610, about 100 years after the slave trade had started, and spent his life caring for the slaves. He would go into the overcrowded, disease-risen boats as soon as they arrived in Colombia. He brought food and medicines to them. Other people who were trying to help the slaves would wait until they had gotten to more sanitary conditions. But Peter Claver found power in going into the midst of the worst of the suffering. But he also preached forcefully in public squares about the civil rights of slaves. Centuries before a lot of people would use such language. He instructed those slaves in the faith. He maintained relationships with them throughout their lives, going to visit them every year, staying in their lodgings, not staying with the slave owners who would gladly have taken him in. And slave conditions gradually improved in Colombia due to the work of Peter Claver. But it was only in Peter Claver's own sufferings at the end of his life that the mystery of the gospel was revealed even more fully. The last four years of his life he was incapacitated, forgotten about, not treated well by those who cared for him. But when he died, those same government officials who had been annoyed with his preaching gave him a proper funeral and people came out of the woodwork. And it was only then that it was discovered that Peter Claver had baptized 300,000 people in his life. Now, it does, sounds like from what we know of Peter Claver's life, he didn't just baptize them and never speak to them again, but maintained relationships with them. It is remarkable. So how are you suffering? How might your suffering serve the gospel?